Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our epistle reading from 1 John chapter 3, with an emphasis on these words. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. You know, there's a certain um, bittersweetness as a pastor which becomes more pronounced with each and every passing All Saints Day in the church. Each year grows a little bit more bitter because you're no longer laying to rest uh, acquaintances or, or parishioners, but also family and friends. And yet, along with this, the proclamation of the gospel rings all the sweeter, for we know that those friends and family are indeed at rest in Christ, just as he has promised. The melancholy of this strange and stressful year may be making it exceptionally difficult for some of us to focus on the gospel this holy day. Some of us are longing today to go back and be with our friends and loved ones just one more time, while others of us may, thinking, may be thinking about how sweet it will be to be reunited with them one day in heaven. But as we remember and ponder those saints who came before us, I cannot help but feel that the reason for our sorrow, at least in some small part, is that our understanding of sainthood is not always altogether biblical. What I mean is this. We, and that is even we who are in the church, have the propensity to view the saints either exclusively in the past tense, we think of the heroes of the faith like St. Peter and St. Paul, or we think of them as a fellowship in heaven which we will one day in the future join. We reject the idea, though, that we in the present, here and now, could ever be part of this company of the saints, because frankly speaking, we don't always feel all that saintly. We do not feel saintly in our works, which frequently fall short of what God has called us to do, nor, for that matter, do we feel altogether very saintly in our lives, which we acknowledge are not lived the way that God has called us to live them. Likewise, we may feel just a little bit too frail, a little bit too mortal, to sing salvation's song alongside the great heroes of the faith who have entered into glory. How could I, in my meager estate, ever hope to raise my voice alongside the voices of Elijah and Solomon and John? And so, on this day, we are all too commonly reminded of what we are not instead of what God has made us to be. I am not as bold as the apostles, nor am I as wise as the prophets, and I'm certainly not as mighty as the great kings of old. Nor, for that matter, am I as affable as my grandfather. I'm not as brilliant as my college professors. And I'm not as good of a father as my dad. What makes me, then, worthy to ring out the Alleluia refrain with all the saints? Well, dear friends, here we must understand that no saint has ever been sainted because of the virtue of his or her own merit. Good works are not what constitutes sainthood, nor any worldly virtue. 
but only Christ and only his merit. This is what we read in our epistle today when St. John writes, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Christ calls you a saint. He deems you worthy. And so, dear friends, you are worthy. The present grace of God, the promises and the gifts that he bequeaths here and now, mean that your fellowship with the saints is never determined by what you achieve. It is wholly determined by what you receive. St. Paul writes in his second letter to the church in Corinth, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You who are baptized into Christ, then, have been made new. You have been made to bear his name along with all of the saints who have received him for the forgiveness of their sins, for life, and for salvation. You might notice in our reading that there's no past tense, or there's no, uh, there's no future tense here. Rather, he says, the old has passed away. The new has come. These things are already accomplished. And so, together with the saints in glory, we may freely join our voices together and rejoice this day in the present grace of our God who has made us new. We feast together at his table, firm in the knowledge that this meal is not just with the brethren who are gathered here in this congregation, at this particular worship, in this particular city, but rather that it is with all the Christian church, both in heaven and on earth, that we receive Christ in this most blessed foretaste of the feast still to come. We are saints here and now because Christ comes to us here and now. His promises are not far off and reserved only for those who have finished their earthly course in faith. Rather, they are for those who come to the altar seeking relief from their troubles. They are for the newly baptized. They are for the aged and the infirmed. They are for those struggling with addiction. They are for those overwhelmed by anxiety and fear. They are for those persecuted, slandered, despised, and rejected. And yes, they are for those who mourn. The present grace of God covers all of our temporal affliction, and it equips us by the Holy Spirit to persevere in trial as the church militant, to march undeterred against the raging tempests of a world beset by sin in which we are subject to death and to the separation it brings. But we march knowing that this separation will not last and that the world, though it rages, will be subdued at the coming of our Lord in glory and the final consolation of all the saints whose hope rests in him. For today, we may very well feel like a broken and an unworthy people. We may feel beset and besieged by the devil and our sinful flesh at all times. Nevertheless, Jesus Christ receives us this day into his most blessed inheritance. He offers up as a token of this guarantee the free remission of our sins, pronounced again in this blessed sacrament of his own present body and blood, given and shed for you. He invites you, his very saints, to receive his Holy Spirit, to do the work of evangelists, deacons, and stewards, both in your homes 
and in your community. The saints of the Lord here in this place work ever for the advancement of his kingdom, witnessing to and serving others for the sake of their neighbor who has not heard. Those future saints who will receive faith by the ministry conducted by this fellowship here assembled. And so, to be a saint in Christ is both the highest blessing and it is the most solemn and sacred duty bestowed on mortal man. Whether you are out laboring in the mission field or whether you are here enjoying your Sabbath rest, do so knowing that the present grace of God goes ever with you. As his saint, he walks beside you. He carries you through fire and water. He shields you from the flaming darts of the evil foe, and he guards you from the tempter's snare. To be a saint is simply to put on Christ in your daily vocation, that he might show forth in all that you say and all that you do. It is to lean on his mighty act of salvation, confident in his all-availing work accomplished in your stead. So whether this day you feel particularly saintly or not, I invite you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, to receive this solace, to know that the promises of your Christ are good for you and that they are good for you today. You are his own, and no power of this world nor any trick of the devil could ever hope to say otherwise. Yours is the very same grace which was given freely to the saints who this year entered into blessed rest. The same grace which covers you did also cover Bert and Joanne and Jerry and Norm and Janice. Though today we mourn that we must be apart from them for a time, we do so in the certain knowledge that because we share the same grace in Christ Jesus, we will also share with them a blessed reunion in heaven and a joyous celebration at the resurrection of the flesh when our Lord appears and we shall be like him and then when we shall see him as he is. Until that day, both the church militant as well as the church at rest sing with one voice the praises of him who has made us new. Him who gives us his peace, which far surpasses all worldly understanding. Him who shall raise his saints to dwell ever with him in his new creation. No longer the church militant, nor even the church at rest, but a new church, the church triumphant. Everyone who thus hopes in him, the scriptures say, purifies himself as he is pure. Therefore, let this hope secure you in your faith, that you may stand firm in trial, rejoice in suffering, and sing his praise even in the midst of mourning. For you, dear friends, are his saints, here and now. You are the children of God, just as he has called you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen. Together we make confession of our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible 
and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who, with the Father and the Son together, is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. <laughs>